Small Business Tips Show, Episode 23. Hi, this is Frank Thomas, Small Business Tips Show. I have Nancy Boivere with me here today. Today we're going to be talking about the next part in the new entrepreneur series, and this episode is called How to Turn Your Hobby into a Business. This is something you really got to know. It sounds bizarre. But trust me, you got to know all about this, so stay tuned. Here we are once again, guys. Thank you for joining us. My name is Frank Thomas. I've got Nancy Bovera with me. How are you doing today, Nance? Doing great, Frank. Doing great. How about you? Excellent. Very good. Very good. Today's going to be an, an interesting show. It's something a lot of people don't talk about, and it's the next component of our series that we've been doing here. We just spent a couple shows talking about building a business plan and the importance of a plan and all that, but now we're going to kind of get into the, uh, the mentality mindset sort of thing of your business, and that is turning your hobby into a business, or in other words, don't treat your business like a hobby. This is actually something that I encountered a number of years ago. I was talking to an accountant and I was, my business was full-time at that point and I had ran my business. Uh, it was an IT services company at the time and I had ran my business part-time while I was working for somebody else for quite a period of time. Now what happened was, was um, this accountant said to me, you know, Frank, you need to uh, start treating your business like a business and not like a hobby because I can see it. It reflects in your books. You're not charging right amounts. Uh, you're underbilling. You're you're doing a whole bunch of things, and you're treating it like a hobby, like something that you don't depend on this income. And this is your full time gig now, and you need to really think about this hard. And it was a real eye opener for me when she first told me. I was like, "What?" But it kind of sunk in, and and um, it didn't take long, Nancy, before I tell you it kind of permeated my soul and I realized that she was 100% right. Well, I think there's a couple of, of components to that. First of all, there's the idea that I think typically 90, if not 99% of us undervalue our own worth. We tend to either think that we're not worth that or people won't pay that or yeah, but look at what those other guys are doing. And that's the first mental hurdle you have to get over. And we touched on that element of pricing in the business plan. If you have to make sure that you you have built that into your into your business plan as well so that you've checked out what your competition is doing, what they're charging, so that you know what the market value is of your products or services. And then you're absolutely right. Then you have to get into the mindset that this isn't something that I'm just doing when I have extra time or because I like to do it. You have to do, have to truly treat it like a business. And if you were going to go out and pay somebody else for those services, what would you expect to pay? And then value yourself accordingly. Isn't that the truth? I have found that uh, since I've taken my business very seriously, people take my business very seriously as well. It's funny, you know, when you don't take it seriously, then pe people who you work with don't take it seriously either. Like they're slow on billing or slow on paying. They're slow. They, sometimes they don't pay at all. Uh, they they want to nickel and dime you. Um, it, it comes out in a matter a, a smattering of different ways, but at the end of the day, it's our responsibility. 
Um, I actually want to pull a uh, quick reference. I remember reading this some time ago, and it was really good. It was um, it was actually in, I found it in Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. It's uh, talking about the famous burn your ship story. And this is a true story. This actually happened. I, I, I tried to find the exact reference, but I couldn't. Let me just read this to you. A while ago, a great warrior, let me just move this over. A while ago, a great warrior was faced with a situation that made it necessary for him to make a decision which ensured his success on the battlefield. He was about to send his armies against a powerful foe whose men outnumbered his own. He loaded his soldiers into boats, sailed them to the enemy's country, unloaded the soldiers and equipment, and gave the order to burn the ships that had carried them. Addressing his men before battle, he said, You see the boats going up in smoke? That means we, we cannot leave these shores unless we win. Um, we have no choice. We win or we perish. And they actually did win. To, to dig deeper into the story, I actually know that they were outweighed by about three times the number. I remember reading the exact uh, history account of this. They were literally outweighed by three times the number. And because they had no course of retreat, they, had, they, they either went forward or they were, they were pushed back into the ocean and they died, or they died on the battlefield, they treated it completely different. Uh, even Tony Robbins comes up with the, the old saying. He has a saying, he says, if you can't, you must. If you must, you can. And it's important to, to get that mindset, to get the mindset of, this is not a hobby. This is not something nice to do. This is my business. And it doesn't mean you stop enjoying it. That's not the case at all. Uh, it means that you have to sometimes look at your business, review it, and you have to review it many times, by the way, and come to that place where you take it very seriously and you find out where your focus is. You know, in the, in the free gift I give out on the, small business tips uh, show site is making your passions your purpose. That's very important. You know, finding where your passion is, because if you f can find your passion, you'll find your purpose in your passion and you'll make that transition from hobby to business very quickly and very easily. I know, uh, Nance, you know that my business, we've, I've made quite a transition recently. I, uh, I did lots of services, fee-for-services fee work uh, and have for a long period of time on the web. And um, in late summer, I started making a transition, and it just started happening where I started developing pieces of software I was developing, and now I've developed a few pieces of software. And I came to a place in November where I realized I had to reevaluate my business and because I found that there's a lot of things distracting from the end goal here. And what happens is, is if you have things distracting you, what, you, you can't give your time properly to what you're trying to produce or do and it takes 10 times longer it's 10 times not as good uh and it's noticeable with everybody you work with you know it just it it suffers that that whole effort suffers when when you can't give it your primary focus in your mind well frank um, that that analogy that you shared about the uh the the people and burning the ships what you discovered with building out your new focus in your business is what they discovered because they had no choice. And that's that you need two things um, above all else. You need to be motivated and you need to be committed. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that is kind of, once you kind of get that, it unlocks the door and, and people can move forward. I mean, those, those soldiers had no choice. You know, as, as they said, we, we, we win or we perish. Um, 
if you if you take that same attitude when you're building your business and you become that committed and that dedicated and that focused then that's obviously going to help you move forward because you're going to inevitably run up against obstacles and problems and issues mm-hmm. but what you will learn with that motivation and with that commitment is that you find solutions to all of those issues and you move around them f- for success right and when when and when you when you've got to you know like one thing that I do is I look at my budget months into the future because uh, you know with the money that my products make today are going to pay me a few months down the road and uh, I realize that if I don't accomplish today what needs to be done in a few months I'm in trouble and uh, because that has become my primary focus and well the end effect of this whole story was I've basically um, released all my other clients and made this my primary focus, made my program my primary focus. And I've discovered how much more serious I am about it. You know, literally to the point where I kind of overstepped into too much seriousness and started being kept awake at night, like, oh, how's this going to work? And, you know, it's kind of silly, but you <laughs> kind of got go, into the panic mode for a split second. Right. You know, and because uh, you burned your other ships. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And it's scary. I'm going to be honest with you, with you folks, that this is scary. You know, saying, okay, this is my ship. You know, when you are married, and it could be a, a man or a woman, doesn't matter. You can be married and your spouse is making good money. It's really hard for you to be serious because you know that if you fail, you've still got somebody to back you up. And Nancy, you and I both know this. Nancy, you, you have to take care of yourself. You know, you have to ensure that um, the bills get covered. And which means that uh, some mornings you get up and you're like, I hate to make another call today, but I got to make it because I got to get another customer. Could only eat so many beans. You have to like that <laughs> steak too. <laughs> Little so, steak now and then. <laughs> yeah. You know, another thing too uh, that uh, will come out of, t- of taking your business more seriously is you'll cut to the chase. You'll stop making excuses. Making excuses is just another way of saying to your business that I'm not really that serious about you. Oh, you know, I don't have my business cards. Oh, you know, I, it's, it's, it's ringing outside or it's Wednesday or, or, you know, no, you need to, you need to look at your business and realize that you got to get customers and you, to get customers, you need to get in front of people. You need to network. You need to talk to people in your industry and, and your potential customer base you need to uh, get into those uncomfortable places and be ready for people to say no to you. Uh, Nancy, how many times have you heard the word no? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And you have to learn. I, I was having conversation. It's funny. I was having conversation this morning with a, with a gentleman and we were talking about that. This guy has had a whole, he's in his early sixties now. He's had his whole lifetime uh, in sales. And it's one thing to say in your head, don't take it personally. When they say no to you, they're not interested. It's not about you personally, but you have to actually believe that in your heart for it not to affect you. And and honestly, the only way to get used to it is to keep getting those no's. And mm-hmm. pretty soon you do become, I, I don't like to use the word numb to them because you should always be hearing what other people are saying in case you're not delivering your message properly, but you can't be hurt by them. Right. You have to be able to move forward. And a lot of time, too, we have to realize that no necessarily doesn't mean no. It's, it's, it's not, not right really, now, maybe. Maybe it's not right now. And so, it's not. And, and 99% of the time, no doesn't mean that they don't like you or they're invalidating what you're doing. It just means they don't want it right now. They're not your customer. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I get approached all the time by people who think that I'm their customer. I had one lady approach me and she was trying to sell me hand cream and I hate hand cream. I like <laughs> using this stuff, you know, and uh, she was trying so hard to sell me. And eventually said, darling, I, I really don't like hand cream. I, I've never liked it. I never cared. Oh, but if you try this one, I'm like, oh, you're killing me now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's enough. But, you know, and you could see that she was becoming deflated. And, but it, the, the truth of the matter was I wasn't interested. And that's the truth of the matter. And, and you were saving her time and efforts that she could go on and find her ideal customer. Right. Instead of wasting time trying to convince you to, to buy something that you don't want, don't need, and wouldn't use. Right, exactly. And there's, uh, like, you know, we're approaching affiliates all the time. And within five minutes, I know whether or not the affiliate's interested. And you know something? Yeah. I'll cut the call very short. I'll say, I'll talk to them. Um, and uh, eventually, I'll get to this place where I'll be like, you know something? This person's not interested. Move on. I said, well, thank you yeah. so much for your time. Do you know anybody who you think would be interested in? That's right. Yeah. In this product, do you? And I'm not afraid to ask for that chain of referrals because that's how we've been building our businesses. One referral after another after another. Hey, somebody who says no might actually give you a yes on the next person. That's right. You know, that's right. Uh, we've gotten some miraculous yeses from people who we were just totally shocked by, and it's made a difference to our business. Um, well, I think my, that's something too, is, is people get afraid to ask for those referrals. Um, they kind of tuck their tail between their legs and run off uh, when somebody says they're not interested instead of saying, okay, I understand that I can't offer anything that will be of value to you at this time. Do you know anybody who this might be suitable for? Mm-hmm. I know and that's a son, nice transition too, right? Yeah. My son, when he's getting ready to go to college uh, a few years ago, uh, he uh, he was uh, in his early 20s or late teens, I can't remember now, and uh, he was still short a few thousand dollars and he needed to collect more money. He was working full time. Uh, he needed to collect more money. So he thought about it. A kid came by and said, hey, could I have your bottles? Because here in Alberta, we have bottle recycling and you get paid for the bottles. <coughs> and he thought, maybe I should go give that a try, you know? So he went out and... Um, uh, be honest with you, being an older guy, he gets rejected. Boom, 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 boom. And he was getting really kind of down in the mouth about it. And like, oh, this is just killing me. So I said to him, if you're going to do this, this is your first challenge. The, take this as a challenge. You know, this is your first set of no's. And it's simple no's. And and you can get through these. And, and, and what will happen is you'll start to develop your sales technique because you need to, if you're going into business you need to be able to sell I, I don't care if you're a manager uh if you are an employee if you're in business you need to have some sales skills or you're going to be having a really your, your career is not going to be awesome you know what i mean like you need to sell yourself to a prospective boss you need to sell yourself your, your idea to prospective um you know your your peers you need to you you always have to sell and there's just no way around it and um, yeah. he he went out and he just hammered away. And there was people who chased dogs on him, sprayed him with water, slammed the door in his face. And you know something? It took him about a week. And he was coming home with $200 with bottles every night. And he was able to collect like $2,000 in about three weeks, a month. That's all right, huh? And that was the money he needed to get to get to the next step. Get, but I yeah. listened to him. What happened was uh, I was uh, to help him out to kind of aid things along because he was getting so many bottles after a period of time. Was I was driving behind in the van and I would come back 
come up periodically because they would scour our neighborhood. And he knocked, knocked on the store, and I could just hear him out of earshot. And uh, he was talking to this lady, and this lady was nasty. Oh, she was, <laughs> why would you want my bottles? And why can't you get a real job? And don and on and on. And he actually turned the whole situation around within about a minute. And she gave him like about $10 of the bottles. And he wasn't yeah. nasty. He wasn't, he wasn't lying to her. He was straight up. He said, you know, ma'am, I'm trying really hard to go to college. How many... And I can't remember exactly, I wish you remember what he said, but it's how he handled himself. He handled himself in a humble manner, and he told her what he was trying to do and why he was doing this. And, you know, um, I'm not trying to steal from you, not in the slightest least, you know. But if you want to help a student who's trying really hard to have a future, you know, I've saved up as much as I can, but I'm still short. And right. she opened up her garage, and it was like full of bottles. Wow, wow. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, she was very hostile, and that's the point. She was very hostile when she started. Now, he had got to the point where he was taking his business very seriously. He was able to handle hostility and get success from it. Right. Turn it yeah. around. Don't take it personally. He purposely, I, I think he purposely likes to beat himself up now because he uh, takes jobs that are really tough. You know, he, uh, <laughs> he, he's in Lethbridge now, and he's, he still has to continue to make money. They found the job market, the student job market's pretty sucky because there's a lot of students in Lethbridge in this town that, and because there's a big university there. And um, eventually he got a, a job working with, um, you know, canvassing uh, houses for a product. And um, the average turnover rate was about three days, just mm -hmm. to give you some idea. He did that job successfully for two or three months. And eventually he quit at Christmas time because he's like, okay, I'm done doing this because it drives me crazy. But, you know, he was so good. He spent a lot of time thinking about the customer and thinking about approaching. Never lied to the customer. He was, he, yes. he could not, he did not want to be in a position where he was lying. And uh, the, the initial sales tech he got was a little shady, so he didn't like it. So he made his own. And his close rate was probably about twice of everybody else's because he he used a lot of things in his favor he did a lot of research and he used body language and he used he used um like you know he said something some, something simple he walk up to a house and uh if the person was much shorter than him he would step back mm -hmm. to give that person because he knows a lot of people who are shorter and there's nothing against short people but there's a lot of people who are shorter that when you step back from them, it, it's, a, it's a sign of respect. And, but if the person's taller than him, he'd step into their, into their shadow uh, because he was trying to take dominance in the situation. And yeah, he learned all those subtle keys. He learned all those subtle yeah. uh, body language keys. Um, what do they call it? NLP. There's a lot of NLP trainers out there that talk about how to interact with people in a non-threatening way. So I don't, know if Matthew has ever taken any of that, but it sounds like some of those techniques have been utilized there. Just probably he just learned them. But yeah. also the, the most important thing is that Matthew also learned to be genuine. I mean, when you say that he kind of strayed away from the script he was given, those scripts, you know, it was pretty I know bad. from I know from, well I know from putting scripts together too. It's, it's one thing to put down the general concept of what it is you want somebody to say on your behalf. But everybody has to take ownership. They have to make it themselves. They have to be comfortable with it. And as long as they're not misrepresenting the company or the product, what's wrong with that? It makes it more genuine. 
Right, exactly. And the interesting thing is he was very successful at it. And I've actually given him a whole new assignment now uh, because we've been spawning off a business uh, and he has been given the task to build the whole sales technique of it. And uh, it's a paid gig and I'm paying him for it, but I know that it's going to be extremely successful. You know, if he puts his hand into it, it will be successful. You know, he's 22 years old and he's probably gotten no about a million times already. So it really doesn't yeah. phase him anymore. So, the nice thing is when you're 22, the no's don't seem to affect you as much as when you're 32 or 42. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a matter of just getting over it. You know, the, yeah, I've kind of gotten to this place, uh, even within my own business, you, there's just no way to, you, you get people who are just terrible. You know, you get customers who are terrible. And um, the more customers you have, more the more you get that are terrible. And it's not that there's a lot of them, but there's a few of them. And or even not customers, you know, people who want to come in and, you know, raid your castle and, you know, ride into chains and say nasty things to you. And it really, at one time I used to become, I was very emotionally in, uh, engaged in those things. Now, I'm not. I'm like, I actually had to send an email to a fellow yesterday and I'm like, you know, dude, you need to get a life. It, I don't, yeah. You know, it's not that I don't care about you. But you know you're you're spouting something, and you're not even my customer, and you're trying to you're trying to rely on my chains, and it's not going to work. So have a nice life, you know. Yeah, and you have to know you have to know just when to do that, and that's and that's part of part of the learning because if 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 you are treating your business as if it's a hobby, then you kind of first of all you're not as as um, entrenched uh, in in the whole concept of it because you're kind of doing it when you feel like it and as you feel like it. But once you've created a business from your hobby, that's when you have to change focus, shift gears, and and really start to hone your skills, not take things personally. And, and you know, back to make sure that you have your, your business plan. You have to have that business plan so that you have your roadmap to follow. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing that differs from the from the um, um, hobby aspect that I really want to make is to make sure that you have a dedicated workspace. I don't care what you do if you're if you're a landscaper, and that's your business. Obviously, you're going to be working out in the field, but you need to have a, a dedicated workspace where you can go to to do all of the other elements of running that business: your bookkeeping, your business plan, your 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 invoicing, your telephone calls. All of those things. Don't do it sitting on your iPad in front of the TV. It's no, not going to work. You're going to be it's distracted. Like, it's like doing homework. You know, when you're in school, if you did homework in front of the TV, you normally didn't get 100%. <laughs> yeah. And in business, yeah. there is no 80%. It's 100 or nothing. It really yeah. is. You know, it, because you get less than 100%, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, so, and it does touch into that whole concept of the lack of focus and the lack of commitment. You need to have clear focus. You have to have clear commitment. And Nancy, I like the fact that you brought back the idea of the business plan. And that's why we handled that task first, that we, we decided to change the order because the business plan is so important. Your business plan is going to keep you accountable to your business, and it's going to help you know whether or not you're losing focus or, or whether you are meeting your deadlines because your business plan should state, oh, I should have this done by this time. I should have these many customers. I should be trying to get this much profit. That's, this is what I'm doing in my business. I know exactly what in, in sales I need to accomplish for the, before the end of January. And so yeah. the heat is on. We're trying to get those sales. 
Yeah, it's your it's your roadmap, right? It's your roadmap. And and it doesn't mean that you don't take little secondary road and go enjoy some of the scenery along the way, but you have to understand that that comes at a cost. If you if you divert your focus, you have to change your expectations and you're going to change your results. Mm-hmm. And you'll find too that um, when you have that focus in your business and you're really trying hard to make it as good as it can be, and you're staying away from the, the work that doesn't get you to your goals and you're doing the work that does, what will happen is you'll discover other streams of revenue in your business. You'll discover, like in our business, we make money on our software. But we also make money on other people's software now too. Because what we do is we host webinars and we show like products that fit with our product for people who've taken the time and developed them. And it's working really good. And what happens is now we can show... Um, a like product to them and they purchase that too and and we've also been listening to people who they've said uh, we would really like to have access to these things and these things and these things which are add-on things so we're selling those too and we're selling them actually our sales on them are right now more robust than our software (laughs) that law of the law of reciprocity it really it really does help when you help Mm mm-hmm and that's important too. You know, the the another point that it, that is really kind of would fit nicely into this show is when you're serious about your business and you're being serious with your customers. That means you're trying to give your customers 150 percent, and they see it. They see it. It's not that you're trying to work 10 hours to earn a five hour salary. That's not it. What you're trying to do is you're trying to give your customers, and you try to find things that you can do that your customers as a whole, like when you spend an hour, you try to make sure that your customers as a whole can receive that. You know, maybe, like you said, value. Yeah, let's say the person's a landscaper. What is it going to cost him to go out and mount his camera with a selfie stick and show people how to make sure they, how to tend their grass or how to, how to do their flower bed? Now you can post that on YouTube and say, hey, not only, you know, like, um, do I have landscaping supplies, but here I show you how to use them. I show you how to take care of these things. And all of a sudden that, that, like you said, that law of, I can never say that word. Reciprocity. Uh, reciprocity. Thank you. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, that, that law of reciprocity uh, comes into play because now they feel committed to you. They want to help you build your business because you're helping them. Yes. Um, how do we handle this if it's only part-time though? This is tricky because let's say you're working full-time and you're trying to m- make that migration from full-time to full-time in your own thing. This is a very tricky transition time. Um, and I recommend people do this. What I recommend is, and Nancy, I liked your comment about having a separate workspace. When it comes to my business, I have one desk and one computer, which I program on. I have another one, which I do my counting on. And I have another one, which is my studio where I'm at right now. My wife thinks I'm nuts. But you know something? <laughs> I find that each place, I have a different mindset. Yes. And I have a different thought process. And I change your hat. Like, I'm changing my hat. And, I, 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 and when I was trying to do it all at one desk, I found that the task became jumbled and I, I didn't like it. So, again, everybody in the house thinks I'm absolutely crazy, but I find that I'm more efficient when I'm doing think, one thing over here, one, another thing over here, and another thing over here. And it sounds nuts, but it works. But it works for you. Yep. Works really well. And 
hey, we got a house that's big enough to do it, so why not, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and three computers. <laughs> and three com oh, I won't tell you how many benefits, The I benefits of the IT guy. <laughs> yeah, I got four servers chiming on the floor beside me here, so and they're doing uh, they're making money there too, so. But the main uh, thing is, if everybody else doesn't have that ability, just have a spot. It it doesn't have to be much. Just a, a fold fold up table, just off somewhere that's in a well lit space, that you know that when you go there, this is your task. Right. You know, when you go in the shower, you're in there because you're going to have a shower. Mm -hmm. So, so why wouldn't you? If you, if you would take that, that time to make sure that you're attending to a task in a certain area of, of, of your daily life, why wouldn't you do that when you're trying to build a business? Mm -hmm. I actually, this is uh, one thing that I do like about Windows 10, uh, is the fact that you can actually have separate workspaces, like separate screens for different things. And because in, in Windows right now, even Windows 8.1, which I just still have, um, Everything is all on one screen. And, and what happens is you can have the email running on the bottom. You can have this and that. And it interrupts you or the Skype. It interrupts you. Whereas in Windows 10, they've kind of taken the, the Mac idea and the Linux idea to have separate workspaces. So you can okay. set up one workspace for communications and set up another space for this and another space for this. So you could have one desktop and you just go to the right screen. Right. Okay, this is what I should be working on. And you can ignore all the rest. And I really like that. I, and in terms of productivity, I think that's a really, really great addition to Windows. So, well, it's kind of like having those three separate machines, isn't it? Kinda, yeah, it is. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, make sure that um, technology is your friend and not your foe. Uh, and this is kind of a side note too. The IT guy in me is kind of coming out, but make sure you know how to use your computer. Make sure you you understand Word or Excel or whatever you got to use to to get the job done. Under, understand your machine. I see so many people who are doing business. And they have no idea how to use their computer. And to me, it takes them forever to get the job done. And, and, and your time is, is precious. You only have so many hours of the day. You can't grow anymore. You can't invent anymore. And once a minute's gone, it's gone. You can't get it back. And that well, I'd, I'd like to bring it back too, to, to making sure that you're following your plan. Because mm -hmm. don't get in front of the computer and play solitaire. Right. Don't get on the computer and, and, and watch cat videos. When you're on the computer, know that you're on there for one hour, and in this one hour, this is what you're going to accomplish. And then if you want to watch cat videos, watch them till midnight. Right. And the, the thing is, you've gotten done. You can say, check, job done. You know, having a That's checklist right. and saying, you got to get these things done. This is my schedule, getting them done. It's actually a very good thing because it keeps you highly accountable. Um, yeah. I was say to get back to what you were saying about about uh, doing this as a part time gig, keeping your keeping your paying job while you're developing your business, I think that 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 is a very tricky transition. But at the same time, that's why it is so important that you do have the plan. You mm -hmm. do have to still have that balance. You have to have time for your friends and your family and yourself and 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 your peace of mind. So make sure that, that you schedule time. And if you only are going to work on your business Monday, Wednesday, Fridays from 6 until 9, then stick to that. You know, obviously, if your kid has a soccer game or, or, or you burn yourself while you're deep frying swordfish or something, you have to take care of whatever comes up. But in the meantime, make sure that you have scheduled time, whatever that time is. 
Maybe it's only two hours twice a week, but make sure that you dedicate that time and stay committed to it. Because if you can't stay that committed and focus for that period of time, then you might as well keep your keep your full-time job and do this part-time thing as a hobby. Right. You know, and it's so important to do that focusing and to get buy-in. If you cannot get your husband or your wife and your kids to buy in or your family members to buy into your schedule, you're in trouble because you will not be able to take it seriously. And they will take, and I'd say about 90% of the time, they'll take their level of seriousness to your commitment based upon your level of seriousness. Yes. If you're yeah. serious about what you're doing, what's going to happen is they're going to say, hey, he's really trying hard or she's really trying hard. You know, maybe we need to leave them alone. It's not unacceptable to go to a local coffee shop and take your laptop with. Laptops are cheap. Take it with, and that's where you sit down. You get out of the house environment. I, when I first started my business, had to do that because I, I had a hard time. When I'm at home, I want to relax. And when I went to the coffee shop, I felt like I was outside of the home. So, okay, I can be serious now. And because yeah. I already had that experience working on the full-time job and being in coffee shops and negotiating deals. And so for me, it was just, a, it felt more like a workplace to me, strangely enough. And um, heck, you can get a great cup of coffee in the process, so why not? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I like the fact that having that schedule, when you're doing that, <coughs> excuse me, that part-time transition, having that schedule, having that checklist, got to get these things, these things done to get to my end goal. I have a commitment that I've made. I have to make a certain amount of profit by a certain period of time. Yes, your budget and your timeline. Yes, I promise you, if you do these things and you take your business very seriously, even if it's part-time, you'll make the transition to to your business. Do not do what I did, okay? And I'm going to be bluntly honest with you. One day I'm working for somebody else. The next day I'm working for myself. And I thought I had the cat by the tail. And I thought life was good and this is excellent. And And I had a bit of a kitty that I knew that I had slush room. And... I'm I'm sad to say I blew through that kitty and at the end of it I was yeah. in my head wondering what's going on you know I'm still not successful and um and then and but you know what I found out was was I wasn't serious because I had a kitty I still had I didn't burn my ships they weren't burnt they weren't gone you know like I still had a way to um cover my needs yep so I did and so I didn't take it seriously. Did I learn a lot during that time? Yeah, sure I did. But did I take it seriously? No, I did not. I, I don't believe I did because now I take it very seriously all the time. You know, when I get up, I'm thinking about, okay, what's got to get done? What's got to get done? What's got to get done? How can I move this business forward? You know, one thing I had to do is I had to tie a lot of different services together. I had to op- put my technical hat on for a little while and said, and I said, we can make more sales if we tie all these services together. So I took about three days. Sorry, excuse me. And I had to tie all these services together, which I did. And now I know that's in place. Now I know that this just happens in the background and I can use my mailing service to, uh, like my customers got automatically loaded into my email service. My prospects get loaded into my email service automatically. My webinar attendees get loaded. And then I like that because now I can just go to one place and, and I can save time instead of going and emailing each person. Uh, another thing that I do too, a lot of my software, uh, that I, a lot of things that I do, I automate. So I'll take the time to automate a process that I know I'm going to do more than once because I know. Well, that's the thing. You make it, you make an investment of time now, but it saves you so much time down the road. Oh, exactly. And it allows you, uh, allows you to focus in other ways. 
there's a product we've been selling. Um, uh, it's a little, I can't really tell you what it is right now, but it's a product that we're selling. And um, there's a uh, process we must go through to ensure the product is okay. Because we're actually re we we're rebuying and reselling a product. And um, the process uh, is, is not long. It doesn't take long. But when you're doing 100 checks, uh, that takes two days. So we just got 1,000 because we step it up. And, uh, and I'm like, we're not going to take a month to do this. There's no way. So I took three days, two, three days. And I build an automation process to go through all the checks. And at the end, it spits out about 10% at the end that are, okay, these have to be manually looked at. So we've reduced 1,000 down to 100. Still, somebody's got to take a little bit of time to check those last ones. But now the other ones are already ready to go. And we can sell them. And we do. We sell them right away, which is awesome. Now, I can hear people who are watching this saying, well, that's great for you, Frank. You're, you're the IT guy. You know how to automate those things. I don't. I'm a landscaper or I'm a marketer or I'm an accountant. But that is something that you have to remember, too. If you're serious about your business, it's about finding out what skills you have and what skills you don't have mm -hmm. and either partnering, mentoring, or hiring those other services that you need assistance with. I always hate to flood a person with new tasks and new things, but I believe it's really important for you to understand all the processes of your business. And if you need to have an app written for your business, okay, there might be a, a learning curve that's very steep, and especially if you're not computer savvy at all. Then you need to rely on those people around you to find the right person to bring up that resource in and to have a budget and get it done and a timeline. And again, if you're serious about your business, the person you bring in should be just as serious. Yeah. Um, and of course, it, that, that, what, what that is getting to is my point, that you don't have to build the automation tool yourself. Find out what's out there or get one built for you. Right. And sometimes you have to figure it out yourself. Like Nance, I know that... Um, uh, you went through a process where you had to learn how to do video and how to how to online market yourself with video and all that. How stuff. to edit and, the video, yeah. And how to edit videos, and it's a mundane task, but it's it's great now because now um, you can turn around and take that to the masses because now you understand. Well, there's lots of yeah, there's lots of little things I've had to do back to understanding your computer and things. There are, there are several things when you're working with technology. There's always something that's going to come up, something that's going to glitch, and to have, um, I always say I have enough knowledge to be dangerous, but at least I recognize that. So I, I know where, I know where to stop, where to draw the line, but you do have to know things. You do have to know that sometimes, you know what, your computer just has over overload on it. Uh, reboot it, let it refresh its memory banks or, or do something like that. Right. Or, or you have to know how to add in an email address, things like that. And it just, comes down to basic courses. It, it's not yeah. hard. You know, I, I was working with somebody just recently and they were struggling through a course in college and um, I started asking them questions and discovered they really didn't know how to use Windows. And I said, right. you need to learn how to use Windows because this is hurting you now. Oh, but, but. I said, take the time, take, take three hours and go through a simple online course. Yeah, and there's enough out there. I mean, you can Google anything now. Mm-hmm. Google is your friend, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, let's, uh, I think we need to wrap this up here, Nance. So turning your hobby into a business comes down to the whole idea of creating a real focus, using your business plan, which you should have done or you should be working on, to, to tell you where you're going, what needs to be done, 
so you can put commitment into it. Get people on board who who are not on board with you, who need to be on board. If you can't get them on board, you are in trouble before you start. Yeah, motivation and commitment. Yeah, torture ships. You know, yeah. um, if you need to, you need to make sure the time that you put aside is valuable, and you need to say, "This is what I need to do, and what I need to commit myself to." to get to the next step or else you'll never accomplish what you want to do. You'll just keep spinning your wheels. I've got, I've got a very, very good friend. We've been talking about her setting up an online business since 2010 and she's no closer today to accomplishing that than she was when we first started speaking about it all those years ago, simply because I think that, I think that she likes the idea of it, but, she hasn't torched her ships. She knows she's always going to have food in her belly and a roof over her head and, mm-hmm. and clothes on her back. So she's not, she's not hungry enough for it. And I think that she has a big fear of failure. So she's not moving forward. Make sure that if you truly are serious about creating a business out of your hobby, that you do put that time in, that you do put that commitment in. You say torch your uh, ships. Maybe not everybody is is able to do that or or comfortable doing that, I guess I should say, because it's not like you don't have the responsibilities of supporting a family either. But if you can't literally do that, figuratively do it, but treat it as if you did literally yes. torch your ships. Yeah. And give yourself a time frame. If if you can't make it work in, say, six months, if you can't get a, a return based on your business plan, then maybe what you have to do is rejig everything and see what's not working. Maybe there's no demand for it, or maybe it truly should be a hobby. And if you are serious about wanting your own business, see what else fits for you. Mm -hmm. And actually, I want to touch upon a point you mentioned was this whole fear of failure. Let me tell you something. You're going to fail. Yeah. It's going to happen. And if you don't fail, you've done something wrong. (laughs) And I'll be honest with you, you're going to fail a whole bunch of times, but that's okay. you don't learn the, from your successes. You learn from your failures. failures yeah. out, of the, out, of, out of the manure of failure, <laughs> as it stinks, grows success. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you, can, you can quote me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Landscaper again. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, you know, you, you are going to fail. It's just a matter of when, how, why, where. It's going to happen, and you're going to make mistakes, and that's the way it is. You're human, and, you know, just... Get over it because it's not. It doesn't make you a failure. It makes that that way of trying to take your business forward a failure, not you. You know, think of it this way. Think of, uh, let's say, you ever see a little baby when they're just, just learning how to walk? They're about a year old and they get Oof. up on their feet and they're tottering and they're trying to walk. When they fall falling. and they fall on their butt, do they just cry and never get up again? No, they get up again and try again. You know, yeah. and that's what you have to do. It's, all, it's like being that baby and then when you fall, you just go, oh, I can't get up. And that's it. And, and you never try to get up again. Yeah. Well, that's pretty yeah. bad. Keep, keep at it. Yeah, yeah, keep at it. Exactly. So be sure to take your business very seriously. Coming up on the next show, we are going to be looking at that exact topic, the fear of failure and success, which is our final topic in this uh, whole outline that we've been doing. Uh, we've already covered the paralysis by analysis, the the inside game and the outside game sort of thing. We've talked about the business plan. Today we talked about um, turning your hobby into a business. And we are going to be talking about the fear of failure and success. So 
make sure you stay tuned for that show. Nancy, thank you very much well, for your and wonderful a, input. And again, before you cut off, Frank, we do want to make the point that if anybody is taking this as the course, that there are going to be auxiliary products that will be available for anybody who has purchased the course. Yes, exactly. And it's going to help you step you through uh, a lot of the different points that we've made to ensure that um, that you're prepared and you're moving forward. And it's going to give you a cheat sheet to help get you back on track. But again, you've got to have that business plan. You've got to. Thank you very much, Nancy. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, everybody. Have a nice day. Thank you.